Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Ronnie will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 24. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. There is still yet a future fulfillment. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. Now, if you've been with us in our study of Daniel, you already know this. If you've been with us in our study of Revelation, you already know this. But still future, the Bible teaches that even today, we, the world, are waiting for, the world awaits a man who is known as the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to come and bring peace to the Middle East. Now, you've got to understand something. The conflict that is going on in the Middle East has largely to do with who will occupy what portions of land. But more importantly, it has to do with who will occupy the Temple Mount. And so there is a man who is going to come on the scene known as the Anti-Against-Christ. And this man is going to solve the Middle East crisis. He's going to somehow, some way, figure out a way for Jewish people and Palestinians to coexist on the Mount of Olives, on the Temple Mount. And this man is going to be hailed as a king, respected, loved by the Jewish people. They're going to love him. He's going to love them, and they're going to think he's their friend. But midpoint in the tribulation, three and a half years into this seven-year tribulation, he's going to break his covenant. He's going to build the temple, and the people of God, Israel, Jewish people, are going to get back the temple worship of which they are preparing for even as we speak today. And they're going to be involved in temple worship and back to the old ways and right about the mid three and a half year point, this Antichrist is going to break his agreement with Israel at midpoint in the tribulation. And he's going to go into the temple. He's going to desecrate, divide and violate the temple, which is an abomination which shall cause desolation. It is also at this point, at the three and a half year mark, listen, at the three and a half year mark, it's at this point that this man, the Antichrist, is going to proclaim himself to be God. He's going to force every man, woman, boy, and girl to take the mark of the beast, the number 666. He's going to force every man, woman, boy, and girl to worship the image. If you refuse the mark, you seal your fate. If you take the mark... And you don't worship the image or you refuse to take the mark and you don't worship the image. You won't be able to buy or sell no bread, no food, no utilities, no existence. You can't transact. He's going to force everyone. 
to take this mark. Now, there are all kinds of stories out there as to scary stories as to who the Antichrist is. And stories have always been throughout history. We, you know, people used to think, it seems like every president in our country, you know, they go, oh, it must be the Antichrist. You know, you, <laughs> you know, story, even, Nero, people thought Nero was the Antichrist. The Pope, the papacy, Hitler, Stalin, Henry Kissinger, Gorbachev, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, of which I don't believe that anymore. You know, this is weird. Again, it has happened to me. This half of the room laughed. This half did not. What does that tell you? And people get all freaked out about the number, you know. You know, true story. Somebody got a license plate one time, and I guess the number, the letters were PSF or whatever it is, and dash 666. They're like, oh, no, I got to take that license plate back. Oh, I ain't have no devil in my car. No, no, no. You go to the grocery store and you buy groceries and they total up and your total is $6.66. And you go, oh, man, can I pay you seven bucks? Can I just pay you seven bucks? I mean, people get all freaked out about this number. And then, of course, Holly Weird, he came out with the movie uh, Omen and Damien. You remember? And... uh Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all like, oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. Yeah, you do. And then they came out the movie, uh, uh, the, the Omen and, and Damien, and he had, he, Damien was the Antichrist, and he had 666 in his scalp. You remember that? And you just pull the scalp aside, and you see 666. I'm sorry, that's just scary and creepy to me. Anything in your scalp, pulling the hair, oh, God. So, you know, 666 in the head, and then after that, wives start checking their husband's hair for, you know. <laughs> Pastor, I'm telling you, that man's antichrist. I'm telling you. He's antichrist. You know, we don't know. We really don't know. But what we do know is the Bible teaches is very clear that this number, 666, is going to be tattooed in the hand and in the forehead, now, some people think it's like a UPS or UPC barcode in your hand and in your forehead. It's going to be under the skin, maybe under the skin, maybe even on the skin in some way. We really don't know. But don't you find it interesting that we live in a time where plastic surgery is really common? Have you noticed that? Hello, am I the only one saying this? It's like nowadays it is not uncommon to say, you know, looking at people. You know, is, is everything about you real? <laughs> Y'all know. <laughs> you know, because people, they got injected lips and pulled back eyes. And <laughs> Y'all pray for me. <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying we are living in the, oh, look, I live in the world too. We are living in a world where plastic surgery, it is going to be, you understand, I, I just honestly believe this, that the Antichrist, and I think the world is moving in a direction where, where things are going to be just common, when, it, when it's time to take the mark, it's going to be, oh sure, no problem, no big deal, I mean, we're all doing it, everybody's got tattoos, or just as common nowadays as earrings. I remember a time of tattoos in church, ooh, you wasn't saved, 
something we had to cast it out and, and you know, all kind. No, nowadays tattoos very, very, very common in, in church and even among Christians. We get Christian tattoos. What are Christian tattoos? You get a dove on your arm. That's a Christian tattoo. What's that? Tattoos don't get saved. Tattoos don't have the Holy Spirit. What's that? But see, we live in a world, I think things are being said. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. I'm just saying that I think things are moving in that direction. And so it's going to be in your hand and your forehead. Why? Because if you lose your hand, you still got your forehead. <laughs> Not unless you lose your head, then, okay, we got a little problem. But I mean, you know, you know so you lose your hand, so what, you know? You know, anything you need, you just run your head over the scanner. I mean, you know, go get some gas in cars. Beep. Go get you a chicken, bucket of chicken at KFC. Drive up to the drive-up window. Beep. You don't even have to stop. Just beep. You know, you, you need some, you know, a burger. Beep. Extra bacon. Beep. You know, you know. Beep. I mean, so... Uh, the Bible says now, but midway into the tribulation, the Antichrist is going to cause all small and great to take the mark and to set up his image in the temple. This is what the Bible calls the abomination of desolation. Now, notice in your Bibles again in verse 16, go ahead and look at it. Jesus says, when you see all this stuff going on, this is what you're to do. Run like the Dickens. Head for the hills, man. Flee like a fugitive. To the mountains in verse 16. Get out as fast as you can. If you're resting on the housetop, which is like a patio in those days, Jesus says, don't go down to take anything with you. Don't waste a few moments. And when you hear the news about the abomination of desolation, if you're working in the field, don't go back for food or your luggage in verse 18. And woe to a pregnant woman and to those nursing babies because they won't be able to waddle as quickly when you're nursing a baby. You might be captured and you might be killed in verse 19. And then pray that your flight not be in winter so your travel will be easier. And pray it be not on the Sabbath. Again, very Jewish. Jesus said this because in Israel, did you know, on the Sabbath, buses, taxis, trains, planes, and automobiles, they stop, they shut down. On the Sabbath. Did you know that elevators are programmed to stop at every floor on the Sabbath? So Jesus' point is this. Nothing is worth the risk of delay once the Antichrist takes over. Running is your only hope. The abomination of desolation. When you see that, that's a sign of his coming. Well, here's another sign of his coming. Worldwide chaos. You see it in verse 21 and 22? Jesus said there will be great tribulation such as not been seen by the world or will ever be seen again. If those days weren't shortened, no flesh would be saved. Now, this could mean, talking about the shortening of the days, this could mean that God will divinely shorten the 24-hour 24 24 period of time. We don't know, but what we do know is Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 13 talks about during the tribulation, there's a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth and the moon became as blood. 
We know Revelation chapter 8, verse 12, during the fourth trumpet judgment, the sun, the moon, the stars were struck and they became dark and a third of the day did not shine. Revelation chapter 16, verse 10, the kingdom of the beast became full of darkness and people gnawed their tongues because of pain and they blasphemed God and they refused to repent. In other words, God is going to change the universe and there will be worldwide chaos for his enemies and protection for his kids. Talking about the shortness of time. This could also mean that God limits, listen, God limits his wrath to three and a half years. Did you ever thought about that? He limits, cuts off his wrath to three and a half years. That would tell us that God is not out of control even during the tribulation. What's going on? All things are out of control during the tribulation. That's what will be happening. That's what people will be saying. But God is in much control because at the three and a half year mark, he cuts off the, the wrath. And he begins to show mercy. And I love that about God because that teaches me something of the nature and the attributes and the characteristics of God, that our God is a God of mercy. And Wednesday night when you come, we'll talk about it. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, it says, O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God remembers mercy even in his wrath. Now, we, on the other hand, in our wrath, I'm going to tear you up. I'm going to tear you limb from limb. But God God remembers mercy. Say amen, saints. That's a good thing. And notice who God will show mercy to. God will do this for the elect. Did you see that in verse 22? God will do it for the elect. Now, there are those who would say, aha, Rodney. You see, Christians are here during the tribulation period because he's doing it for the elect. And the elect are Christians, some say. Hold on, partner. And the Bible teaches that there are three groups of people that are known as the elect. We have the people of Israel. They're called the elect. The church is known as the elect. And the tribulation saints, those who are saved during the tribulation, are known as God's elect. So you got to understand something. God is going to save people even during the tribulation. Why? Because you've been sharing the gospel with them all this time. You've been telling your friends about Jesus and about the fact the rapture's coming and they should be ready. But listen, let's face it. Not everyone's going to be saved. We want everyone to be saved, but not everyone's going to be saved. There are some people who are going to be left behind. And those people who are left behind during the tribulation, then they are going to get saved. Because they're going to remember that you told them. You're, they're going to listen to that CD that you gave them of the end times events. They're going to pop it in and they're going to know what to do. And they're going to be saved. So they're tribulation saints. God is going to shorten and protect these days for his people, those who are still living during the tribulation period. But I can't understand for the life of me why anybody would want to be living during the tribulation period. Oh, it's true. People have said to me, you know what? I say, well, you want to get saved? Man, you got to get saved for the rapture. Rapture's coming. You got to get saved. 
They go, well, I don't think I want to get saved. Man, the tribulation is going to be terrible. It's going to be a time such as the world has never seen. Nor see again. You've got to get saved. No, I don't want to get saved. I think I'll wait until the tribulation and see what happens. I'm like, that's stupid. That's, that's just dumb. I mean, why would anyone want to wait? Why not get saved? Why not give your life to Christ now and avoid all these things? Why not give your heart to Jesus now? See, the Bible teaches that the rapture is going to happen when the last Gentile gives your life to Christ. Man, the wisdom and the knowledge of God, the omniscience of God, that he knows the last person to give their life to him, the last Gentile to be saved, and then the rapture of the church is going to happen. That's awesome. So let me just say to you, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, then please get saved today so we can get out of here. (laughs) You holding us up, man. I mean, think about this. If you knew the last person to get saved, say it was like a family member or whatever, a friend, and you knew that they were holding us up, you probably take a gun at them. You go, look, you better get saved right now. Get saved. I'm going to start counting. Ten. Nine, eight, you want to get saved? Seven. You would. Because when, because <laughs> you know, I know, the Bible teaches that when the last person gives their life to Jesus, then the rapture of the church is going to happen. But why wait? Why wait until the tribulation period? It's going to be worldwide chaos. Number three, not only that, but widespread confusion. We just read it in verse 23 through 27. I mean, think about this. You're still here during the tribulation. You're thinking, man, I should have listened when Pastor Rodney was teaching all that get saved stuff. And then during the tribulation, you're going to get saved. You're going to give your life to Christ. You're going to become a believer. And then you're going to run for refuge. And you're going to be hiding. And you're going to be looking for the Messiah to come. And then someone comes to you while you're waiting for the Messiah. And they say, hey, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. Jesus says, don't believe that. And and then many are going to do this during this time. They're even going to have signs and wonders following. In other words, these guys during the tribulation are going to have hell-given supernatural power. Hell-given supernatural power. And the Bible's very clear. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with what saints? All powers, signs, and lying wonders, don't you know? That's why when people say, man, they got signs and wonders over at this church, I'm like, and? Man, signs and wonders, oh, we got to find signs and wonders. Pastor Rodney, how come we don't have any more signs and wonders? Like, man, you want to see a sign? I got a sign for you. I'm looking for Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. Uh, I, I, I don't need to see, I believe in miracles, I believe in healing. But I do not look to those things as proof of some sort of spirituality because I realize that that all comes from the Lord. If you understand that, say amen. That all comes from God. No, I'm looking for Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. Well, number four in our outline is going to be unthinkable carnage. Would you look at it again in verse 28 for where look at it? Look at it in your Bibles. If you're looking at it, say amen. All right. That was four of us. All right. All right, let's try it again. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. Verse 28, wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. 
Now there's everyone's favorite verse. What does it mean? I don't know. Tell you the truth, I don't know. Some people have suggested that this is a Jewish proverb. It could be a reference to Armageddon that will leave in its wake unbelievable carnage. It could also mean, if you know anything about vultures, if you see vultures in the sky, that tells you that there's something nearby that is dead and rotting. And so the condition, the moral condition of the world before his coming will be rotting and dead and judgment will happen and the vultures will find carcasses everywhere. Hey, listen, I said all that to get to verse 29 through 31. If you're with me again, say amen. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Amen. You know, got to tell you, one time, my wife and I are out in Southern California. We're driving in the car. Raise your hand if you know who Greg Laurie is. Raise your hand. Okay, that's a good number of y'all. Well, Greg Laurie is a popular evangelist and Bible teacher. And uh, so we're riding in the car, and there's a Bible teacher on the radio. And he says, Jesus is coming with power and great glory. Now, Vara looked over at me. She said, did, did he just say Jesus was coming in power and with Greg Laurie? I said, No. He ain't coming with Greg Laurie. I mean, he might be with all of us, but not with just him. Woman, don't you know your Bible? Okay, having said that, he is coming with what, saints? Power and great glory. And he shall send his angels in verse 31 with the great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his there. That word is again elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. Before you close your Bibles, right when it looks like Satan has control, there's going to be a heaven quake. And Jesus is going to be returned. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 7, every eye shall see him, even those whom have pierced him. Now, you got to keep the context here. Before we leave today, you have got to keep the context. It's very, very important. you got to remember that the disciples asked Jesus a question. Remember, what will be the sign of your coming? And Jesus said, here's the sign. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, I'm going to come in power, and there will be supernatural signs in the earth. The universe will fall apart. The sun will be dark and blotted out and not give any light. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the heavens, and the heavens will be shaken. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn and Jesus will come in power and in great glory. Man, great glory means full revelation. That tells us that, remember Adam and Eve, Israel, Moses, Peter, James, and John. They all saw a glimpse of his glory. But the saints, the believers, we will see him in great glory we will see the full revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he's going to send his angels to gather the elect. Who are these? Well, these aren't the tribulation saints. This is a different word, and it literally means all those who are chosen. 
That means that all of the people from the Old Testament who believed in God and all of the people in the New Testament who believed in God and all the people from the church who believe in God and the 144,000 and all of those people who have fled to the wilderness, all of the people of God who are the elect will be gathered together in that day will be in heaven with Jesus in that day, and it will be party-hardy with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And someone once said, oh, what a time it will be when we're in heaven with Jesus. Oh, what a time it will be, what a day it will be. Victory underscore at last for the believer. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.